0: 88.1 FM. From our days of recording in the basement of Kramer Hall. To becoming one of the most respected brands in all of student media.
1: You are listening to KCLU Columbia, 88.1 FM. A free service of MSA, GPC. And. Welcome, welcome, welcome on this nice, cool, beautiful Tuesday morning to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Cole Tussing. Cole, how are things going?
0: Um, There's a lot to talk about here, and as, I mean, as you know, and as everyone else knows, I am a Cubs fan, and the Cubs got a... Big game tonight, and the MLB postseason is starting up today, so we got a lot to talk about there. The college football season, a lot of upsets, a lot of big games last week and also coming up this week, so should be a great show.
1: Yeah, if you're talking about uh, postseason baseball, it is October, so the best part of the baseball season is officially upon us. Of course, I guess if your team has not made the postseason, it's not the best, but uh, for for me as an Astro, uh, as an Astro fan, it, it has, in recent times, become some of the best games of the season. Um, of course, you've got your Cubbies playing tonight in the wild card. We'll be getting into that a little bit more. Uh, college and professional football to talk about, uh, as well as you know whatever else we can make it to in this hour. But uh, stay tuned. we got a great show ahead of you here for you. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned here. Our children are literally eating themselves to death. Many experts predict that this may be the first generation of children that doesn't live as long as their parents because of the problem of obesity. A quarter of American children don't exercise regularly. The average school aged child watches four to six hours of TV every day, bombarded by commercials for fast food and junk. How you make these kinds of lifestyle changes in your kids
0: is to make them yourself. Make the effort fight childhood obesity. Hi, I'm Josh Bohm. I had the Josh Bohm Radio Funtime program I'm on KCOU from 2012 to 2016. I'm here to tell you to support KCOU. You'll make an old man in his 20s very happy.
1: Imagine me, a dog, moving in with a human. I didn't know how it would work. Turns out, my human's pretty entertaining. For instance, every time I give my human his ball, he throws it as far as he can. And I'm like, dude, that's your ball. So I go get it. But he just throws it. Again. I gotta say, though, the more he does it, the funnier it is. I love my human.
0: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
1: And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. We're online at kcou.fm. If you're ever on the go, you can pull us up on your phone and listen to us. Um, But uh, let's get started, Cole, with some October baseball. Best time of year. Um, Big matchup tonight between your Cubbies and the Colorado Rockies. Bad day for your Cubs yesterday. Do do you want to talk about it?
0: So, basically what happened yesterday, if you guys were not giving up, so... First of all, the Chicago Cubs uh, went on their Twitter and said that they excused everyone to, everyone from work, everyone from school, and come down to Wrigley Field and try to get a packed house on Wrigley Field. So I just want to point that out. But unfortunately, the Cubs had the number one seat in the NL for the Division Series. They end up losing 3-1 to to the Brewers, and now they're in the wild card to play against the Rockies a one game series. If the Cubs are able to win that, they go on to play a three game series against the Brewers.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a it's a weird little it's a weird little situation, but honestly I think this actually worked out better for the Cubs. Um listen, all right. So both the Rockies and the Cubs lost yesterday. The Rockies, unlike the Cubs, the Cub you know, the Cubs kept it relatively close throughout the whole game. Anthony Rizzo hit an, abs- an absolute moonshot while I was watching. Right, the Rockies got blown out. I mean, they got the tar kicked out of them. Right. Well, so, I mean, it was a
0: five to two game. So. It was a
1: five to two game, but it was like five nothing until the eighth inning. So, like, seriously, you know. So now, first off, the Cubs don't have to play the Dodgers, right?
0: This is true. Like, I, like
1: at, at the at the very at the very least, you got you got blessed by the fact that the Rockies lost instead of Dodgers losing, and then having to play L.A., which would have been, you know, probably worse for the Cubs.
0: That's what I was saying on, uh, Twitter and everything. How the Cubs, as a Cubs fan, I want to play the Rockies. It, since we are in the wild card, I want to play the Rockies because it seems like every time the Cubs play against the Dodgers, the Cubs the Cubs either get blown out by the Dodgers or the Cubs win like 1-0 or something. For a wild card a one game series, you don't want that.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, wouldn't uh wouldn't LA have gotten uh home field advantage for that? I'm not entirely sure, but um yeah, I, I might be completely wrong, but I think that if that's
0: true, then that's even a worst case scenario for the Cubs.
1: LA's record? No, I believe the Cubbies would have gotten it. They have a ninety-five and sixty-eight record. Dodgers have ninety-two and seventy-one. So the Cubs have a better record in the regular season, which should theoretically give them home field advantage for whatever games they play. But but still, you know, you going back to this idea that the Dodgers. Ted to kick the Cubs' bums in the playoffs, right? When it comes down to it, this is a one game, right? This is a singular game to go on, right? First off, I think the Dodgers, you know, in any in any sense of the word, are a better team than the Rockies, you know? Um, I, I, I think I think just, you know, on a day-to-day basis, if you had those teams play, the Dodgers should— I'd, I'd say the Dodgers are the better team. They showed that in the tiebreaker yesterday right I think you know obviously I think if you're a Cubs fan you want to be playing the the crummier team and then you go on and play the Brewers the Brewers are not the Braves you know the 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 Brew Crew have had a great season but frankly I think you know uh, this this is working out better for the Cubs than a lot of people are expecting I think I think it could go 5 games against the Brewers because um, I think the Cubs will win this wild card game.
0: I am hopeful for that. But So previewing tonight's game, it's going to be in Wrigley Field. Colorado Rockies versus Chicago Cubs. Pitching for the Rockies is Kyle Freeland, and pitching for the Cubs is my personal favorite, John Lester.
1: John Lester pitching for the Cubs. That's that's the best they can do, and that's that's what they need to do. They need to walk out their best starter right cuz cuz the wild card games you never know what will happen you want to have some certainty on the mound john lester's going to provide the that certainty right you also need guys like anthony rizzo to really come through in the clutch um hopefully contreras is feeling better yes i don't know if you saw this yesterday he got nailed in the uh, in the place that no man wants to be hit while he was while he was playing catcher.
0: Wilson Contreras definitely is a useful asset to the Cubs, but you ran Rizzo and Rizzo definitely is always that seems to be the spark, especially in the postseason when the Cubs play. Javier Baez plays very well. He was at one point up for the NL MVP candidates.
1: Dang. I, I don't even think I realized that. Actually I totally did. It's freaking Rizzo. You kidding me? And Javi, Javi as well, yeah. Javi and Rizzo need to be on their on their game. Um, are y'all still playing uh, David David Bo- uh, Bodie?
0: If I'm not mistaken, I think so.
1: Cause cause if so, like I mean, I, I he should be fine. But um, you know, I I I'd, I'd hope that he, you know, does some work. Ben Zobrist is uh is doing pretty well. Gotta, they Cubs have a great team, you know? So many of these names on the Cubs roster I look at, I'm like, wow. They're really, like, they're good, you know? Even, like, Zobrist, Javi, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, Kyle Schwarber. All those guys are great, right? You add in guys like Jason Hayward, he's good. Chris Bryant, good. Albert Almora, he's good, you know?
0: And uh, David Boat is set to play yeah, tonight. Yeah, but,
1: but, but yeah, but Botte is great. You know, for for people, I and mean, they have they such a young squad as well. It reminds me of the Astros, who have have such a young squad, and all of the young guys are really getting it done. You know, this Cubs team has you know serious potential to to really make something of this postseason. I think they're in a in, they're in a position where they could do so. I'm I'm not shy about picking the Cubs to go to the NLCS.
0: That's a good segue. So I have the MLB postseason bracket up. So we're gonna do kind of like a March Madness kind of thing. We're gonna pick the bracket kind of thing. So I think we're in agreement. And I'm the Cubs fan, so I gotta say the Cubs are gonna beat the Rockies. Now in the AL wild card, it's the Number seed, five-ranked seed, excuse me, A's, and the number four seed, Yankees.
1: A's and Yanks is going to be a crazy game. I believe that's in Yankee Stadium. Um,
0: you are right about
1: yeah, that. Yeah, so so it's, it's, at, it's at Yankee Stadium, which is huge, because um, that means that the A's are flying literally across the country to play this matchup. Yeah. Um, but I think the A's still have a solid chance at winning this ballgame. Um, Oakland has been on fire past couple weeks. Um, you know the the Astros didn't clinch the AL West until like the last three games of the year, right? Both, I, I believe, did, did the A's not crack five, uh, crack a hundred?
0: They had a 97 65 record, second in the AL West.
1: So they were very close to cracking 100 wins. Um, they, you know, they've been playing well, especially in this in this last stretch of the season. At one point, they were actually on top in the AL West. That was maybe a month and a half ago. So like, you know, it's it's been a wild ride for Oakland. They deserve to be here. They deserve the wild card spot. The Yankees, on the other hand, just kind of waltzed into the wild card, right? Um, besides the Red Sox, that, that division is not too strong, right? So they didn't have too much of a challenge getting in. They just had to make make sure that they won enough games to get to the wild card, which they did. I mean, it's the Yankees, so you don't really expect them to miss the playoffs, you know? That's one of the... It's one of those long-standing dynasties, right? Yankees making the playoffs. It's almost like a cliche. So, you know, the Yanks being in there, not too big of a surprise. The A's, on the other hand, really, the upstarts, you know, especially when it looked like Seattle was going to be the team to go in from the AL West. Seattle was putting together a good season, right? The A's have nothing to lose and everything to prove, Um and I think, you know, I think they could shock the world to, uh, tomorrow night.
0: Look at the stats. The A's have the fourth highest in the MLB in runs 813. And they also hold batting, batting excuse me, pitchers hold batters to a 2.36 batting average, which is the sits best in the MLB.
1: That's, see, and, and the thing about it is that the A's don't have any truly recognizable names. Like, I, I really couldn't tell you you know, any standout guys from Oakland. But what I can tell you is that they get the job done, you know? Like with the Yanks, I can tell you about Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, you know, and they're they're all great. But the A's have such a good utility and such a good amount of depth in their players. I mean, thank Billy Bean for Moneyball and all that, right? This, This is going to be one of those defining moments in the history of the Oakland Athletics franchise. They're about to be playing in their own stadium, right? The, the Raiders are probably moving out. Um, I think I think are they are they not moving out at the end of this year? It's either the end of this year or next?
0: I haven't heard anything about the Las Vegas Raiders, so I'm not really too sure when that whole transition is happening for well, sure.
1: Well, at some point, at some point the Raiders are going to be moving out of the Oakland Coliseum. Oakland will have the ground to themselves. I believe that it's getting renovated after the Raiders leave. So, like, this is about to become a defining moment in the history of the athletics, right? So if they can go out uh, tomorrow night and beat the Yankees, give themselves a, a berth in the ALDS, they'll probably lose. It's Boston. Let's be real here. Boston is the best team in the MLB, at least going into the postseason. So the A's will probably lose.
0: If you look at the A's, the final three games of the schedule, they won a 2-1 to series versus the Yankees.
1: Exactly. That's kind of what I'm going with here, right? They just, they just took a series off the Yanks. So, like, I don't see anything wrong with saying that the A's have a legitimate chance here.
0: All right, can't argue with that. So now let's move on to the divisional series in the postseason. Let's start with the AL. So Indians going up against the Houston Astros.
1: I gotta go with my Astros. Uh, I think the this Indians team played in a weak division, didn't have much of a challenge getting into first place. It was all it was, you know, a foregone conclusion that they were gonna make it. Um as you can see, they are the only team from their division in this Postseason. Meanwhile, the other two the other two divisions have two teams in. Clearly, the, the Indians division was the weakest. Astros have been on fire all season. They you know they lost their last game of the season, but that was coming off of three wins, two of which were a doubleheader against the Orioles. So they have the momentum they need. They broke their franchise win record. This is this is all Astros. I, I I almost I almost foresee the Astros sweeping the Indians.
0: And you keep bringing up how the Astros think that this team is a lot better than last year's team.
1: Yes, I do. I I genuinely believe. I I personally believe it. I know a lot of the guys have said that. I Verlander has has talked about how he thinks that.
0: All right. So moving on. So the A's and the Red Sox. Red Sox. Fair enough. All right. So now moving on to the NLDS, the Braves versus the Dodgers.
1: This is hard because the the Dodgers the Dodgers had to play into this matchup, right? Um the Braves have been kind of on the Braves have been kind of on coast mode ever since they clinched. They were one of the first teams to clinch their division. But the problem is they they don't have as good a record as say the Cubs or the Dodgers. So they they clenched once again. It's a team clenching in a weaker division, right? Um, it's hard to it's hard to kind of to say what might happen here because the Braves do have a great team. You got guys like Acuna, but their pitching core is not great. I could not name for you a good standout pitcher from Atlanta. Meanwhile, you've got the Dodgers a Puig and Kershaw and those guys. But once again, like, you know, name a name a big-time pitcher from Los Angeles.
0: I'm at a loss of words right now.
1: Exactly, exactly. So this is going to come down to a hitter's duel. Um, and frankly, I, I think the Dodgers have the better hitters, so I'm going to pick the Dodgers.
0: I'm probably going to pick up the Dodgers as well just because... Of the fact that the Dodgers are used to playing the postseason. And like I was saying before, how I'm glad that the Cubs are not playing the Dodgers in the wild card because the Dodgers seem to turn up another level, especially with Kershaw, when it's the postseason. And especially with guys like Kershaw, Manny Machado's in there, you can't forget about him. I think the Dodgers are going to beat the Braves. I don't think enough Acuna I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I don't think enough Acuna Jr. on the Braves can beat this better developed Dodgers team.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is Dodgers in four. Uh, so next one, we, we, we predict your Cubbies to win the wild card, so it'd be Cubs and Brewers for the other side of the NLDS. Um, you're going to say Cubs, I know. Um, I'm willing to go with the Brewers here. I think the Cubs have kind of lost momentum they, did, they didn't play well in the tiebreaker game against the Brewers. The Brewers really, you know, in the end have their number. Um, I think this could be Milwaukee. So I think Brew career advances in five.
0: Okay, so now let's move on to the championship series. The Red Sox versus the defending champion Astros.
1: Well, this is huge. Right, because this is this is the rematch of the uh, the ALDS last year, um, which of course the Astros won. Um, Both of these teams really, I think, I think that the general kind of the general kind of notion around baseball about you know, as soon as you know, we started seeing teams really come to form and figuring out you know what team was going to be doing what. Right, I think the general the general consensus is what is that this was what everything was leading up to. We all knew that it was going to be Stroh's Red Sox to go to the World Series. Um. And frankly, uh, I'm going to give you two picks. My head, my head says this. The Boston Red Sox had the best record in Major League Baseball. In fact, I believe they beat the the MLB win record. So they they are technically the best team in baseball history in terms of wins. Um they have multiple MVP candidates on their team. They have been on fire the entire season. There has not truly there has not been a time where we've we've said, "Oh, the Red Sox fell off." No. They have been up there at the top. Of the standings At the top of the power rankings At the top of whatever chart you want to put them on That says how good teams are They've been at the top of that the entire season So my head Says that the Boston Red Sox Are going to go to the World Series And frankly my head says they'll win it My heart My heart has to go with my Astros Because darn it This team is so good, and they're better than last year, and if last year's team can win the World Series, then heck, this team can too. But the the last back-to-back World Series champion, like, that was a while ago, you know? I... ah. The the, the problem here is that there's a legitimate chance that we can see Astros-Dodgers in the World Series for a second year in a row... And there's a legitimate chance that the Astros could win it for a second year in a row. And it, it's crazy because if you told little Kyle that like 10, maybe 5 years ago, I would have called you absolutely insane.
0: So, the Red Sox, clearly the clear favorite here, even though if the Astros are the World Series champion. Just because you're the Astro fan, I'm going to say the Astros. All right, let's go for it. <laughs> All right, so now in the NL, the bre- the Brewers and the Dodgers. I'm going to go with something crazy. I'm going to go with
1: something really crazy. I think the Brew Crew could win this one. I think I think the Milwaukee Brewers have got style. They've got talent, right? They don't have any huge names. But they, you know, there's a reason that the that they're the number one seed coming in out of the NL, right? The Brew Crew has a chance. Do not sleep on Milwaukee.
0: So now we have the World Series, the Houston Astros, defending champions, going up against the Milwaukee Brewers. And in this one, I would have to pick the Astros, hands down. All right. So that's our prediction for the World Series MLB postseason. Once again, our pick is the Houston Astros taking on the Milwaukee Brewers. How many games do you think it's going to be?
1: I think that one goes
0: six. All right, fair enough.
1: So I guess uh, we're going to take a short break here now that we got that all ironed out. When we come back, uh, let's transition to a little college football. Stay tuned.
0: Check out my new time machine. Does it work? Hit the button. Hey, it's Napoleon. Oui. Check out the future. Hey, you have a nice house. Why don't I? You didn't save any money, buddy. If only there was a way I could go back in time and fix that. Yeah. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. KCOU. We're just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance, but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this.
1: KCOU.
0: KCOU. KCOU. I gamble on your love
1: baby. While gambling can be fun if you're of a legal age, it's not a risk-free activity. For some college students, gambling for fun can turn into a serious problem and have a negative impact on their lives. Visit www.collegegambling.org to learn more about college gambling, how to make responsible decisions, and where to find resources for help if you have a gambling problem. This resource and message is brought to you by the National Center for Responsible Gaming and KCOU 88.1 FM. Welcome back to KNC Sports here on this beautiful Tuesday morning. And, Cole, let's talk about some college football today.
0: All right, so, Kellen Mond, a person that has been on the radio show quite a few times recently. Yeah, we've been talking about him quite a bit. Just beat Arkansas. Kellen Mond threw for 17 for twenty six, 201 yards. No touchdowns.
1: He did not have any. I, I do not believe he had any touchdown, uh did he have any touchdown passes? Are you kidding me? No, he, he didn't. I didn't even realize that. Wow. So the, the Ags did it all by their defense and on the ground, which is inc- incredible. Um, they had, uh, I, I do remember the, the first the first thing that happened in the game. It was not even a snap from scrimmage. Uh, the Ags took a kickback 100 yards for a touchdown to start this game off 7 nothing. So the Aggies, you know, played very well. Um, They're now 3-2, and 1-1 one one in conference. Of course, those two losses being a bogus loss to Clemson, I, I will, you know, once again, I will die on the hill saying that the Aggies should have won that football game. And then they uh, they got their butts whooped by Alabama. But that's, that's you know, that's reasonable. Everyone's going to get their butt, butts whooped by Alabama this season. They're going undefeated and winning the national championship.
0: Moving on from that. So Florida State. Actually, gained some momentum and taking a four-point win to Louisville.
1: Yep, FSU getting back on their horse, trying to re, trying to recover their season. Of course, they had a horrendous start to it. Though, frankly, I think that's because we all expected too much of them, right? I think we expected this team to come out and really play incredibly well and really assert themselves in the ACC like we expect the Seminoles to do every year. And honestly, that's not the Florida State team that we have. We have a mediocre Florida State team that will do mediocre in the ACC, and it's going to be that way for a a couple years until Willie Taggart really gets a good recruiting class and the Seminoles really get back to where they were when they had Jameis Winston, right? But I think... Go, getting a 28-24 to 24 win in Louisville. You know, you're on the road and you get the win in Louisville. First conference win of the season. I think it's something that the Seminoles can hold their heads up about.
0: So is it UCF or who's the number one school in Florida?
1: Number one floor school in Florida is UCF. I am, I am willing to say it. I think that UCF, you know, they're undefeated right now. Um, they had the undefeated l- season last year, where they claimed a national championship and paraded that around like they meant something. It, honestly, the the thing about it, right, is that they might not mean it. They might not mean anything at all. But they're winning, and that's something that the rest of the Florida teams really aren't doing. So you can't fault them for bragging about being the best in Florida. They're playing tough teams, and they're getting the job done
0: another team that has sparked some interest and developing a little bit of a comeback after a bumpy season USC taking a 4-point win to Arizona
1: USC getting back on the back on track as well you know they they're always consistently a force in the Pac12 um a little bit unfortunate to lose to UT in, tex- in Texas in Austin um the frankly I'm not surprised UT's home record is almost is I believe cuz I if you remember, I, I covered the Texas Bowl last uh, last year uh, when the when the Tigers went. Um, and I was researching. I believe Texas has either the best or like second or third best home records in the history of college football.
0: You definitely don't win in that environment. So now moving on to this coming Saturday.
1: Well, actually, I want I want to highlight one more thing before we go on. This game has no meaning whatsoever towards towards anything of of true note, but um, SMU Southern Methodist uh, down down in Dallas uh kicked the tar out of Houston Baptist right it was sixty three to twenty seven and at first you're like what what the heck that, that that literally doesn't matter and frankly I tell you you're right except that two of the guys who I went to high school with scored touchdowns in this football game <laughs> Ben Redding who uh he was our he was our running back. Uh, back in high school, he, uh, he ran in a fake, like a fake field goal for a touchdown. And then Tyler Page caught the first touchdown pass of his career. He was our quarterback in high school. He was great. Um, and it looked like he was probably going to be the start, one of the starting quarterbacks for SMU coming out of high school. Um, but he got his ankle broken in our, uh, in our final playoff game. Um, and so they moved him over to wide receiver after he recovered, and he caught a 92-yard touchdown pass, took it to the house um, for the first one of his career. So, you know, must fr- we were the friends with Mustangs, and now they're the SMU Mustangs. It was kind of, you know, just kind of cool to see. And now Tyler has been just, you know, plastered all over ESPN. So that's that's been really cool to see.
0: That's definitely really cool to see. All right, so Georgia Tech and Louisville. Georgia Tech, a team that we were talking about earlier, how if you count them out, they will beat you. This is correct. And Louisville, after losing a close game to Florida State in <laughs> Louisville, I'm not really sure who to pick here.
1: I I think so. Look, both teams are 0-2 in the ACC. They're both 2-3 and on the season. Um, but Georgia Tech has their running back, Taquan Marshall, eighty-eight carries, three hundred eighty-two yards with seven touchdowns. That's some crazy good numbers, right? If Georgia Tech can get the run game working, I mean, really working, this could honestly be a Georgia Tech win. I'm I'm comfortable in saying that. I think I think the the that you know that's that's an intriguing game, but I think the ones there's there's two games that we truly need to pay attention to this week. One of those, of course, being uh, UT Oklahoma. That's always a huge grudge match there. It's the Red River rivalry. They'll be playing in the old Cotton Bowl Stadium. I think OU probably has this game, but once again, don't count UT out. The Horns are actually having a good season. Texas is back. 4-1 their record, 2-0 in the Big 12. Their one loss was like a very unfortunate one to Maryland at the beginning of the season, but they've really rebounded. This is going to be a lot closer than people think. You know, I think people see Oklahoma, they think blowout. I mean, this is Texas, a team that hasn't been relevant since Mack Brown retired. But honestly, UT is putting up a season. This is in one of their favorite grounds to play in. The Cotton Bowl Classic is always one of the best games. That Red River Red River rivalry at the State Fair is one of the coolest atmospheres you'll ever go to. This could be huge for UT's season.
0: I personally think Oklahoma's going to win this game. And the reason is Kyler Murray is throwing for 77 77-109, 1460 yards, 17 touchdowns. And also Marquise Brown... Is leading the team with as the wide receiver twenty four receptions, five forty four yards and five touchdowns. So people consider Oklahoma is out because they don't have Baker Mayfield, but Kyler Murray has honestly stepped up as the guy for Oklahoma.
1: You're right. He has stepped it up. Um and he's he's been doing a good job. Um speaking of Kyler Murray, do you know where he was before he was at OU?
0: I unfortunately do not.
1: Texas AM. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful segue. Texas AM playing number thirteen ranked Kentucky. Once again, let me say that. Number thirteen ranked Kentucky. In football? In football. In Kyle Field. So this is huge, right? Because Kentucky has had themselves a season, an absolute season. They're undefeated so far. They've been putting together great games. They've been playing incredibly well. They beat Florida. They beat Mississippi State, beat South Carolina. They don't play they don't play Alabama this season. They do play Georgia. So there could in theory in theory this could be a one loss Kentucky team. Right? Because the 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 rest of their games are winnable for Kentucky. Which is crazy to say because they have Mizzou on their schedule, and I, you know, we wouldn't think of, of saying Mizzou is a winnable game for Kentucky, but it is. Um, so they play Texas A and M. This is where I think the buck stops, frankly. Texas A and M at home, unless you're Alabama, or apparently Clemson, which was BS. You don't beat a and at home. It's not something that happens. The amount of times that that the Aggies lose at Kyle Field, like they just don't, right? Kyle Field is one of the craziest atmospheres in all of college football. In my opinion, and I might be a little bit of a homer here growing up as an Aggie, but in my opinion, Kyle Field is the best atmosphere in college football. It's insane. The yells, the towels, all the maroon out and everything. It's insane.
0: Not to mention the 12th man.
1: Well, yeah, that, yeah, the, the whole spirit of the 12th man. That's what that is. Right? Kentucky's going to have a hard time considering they play in the Kroger Dome or wherever the heck they play. I think it's called Kroger Field. Um, and that that stadium barely barely holds a crowd. And you're going to go into the biggest stadium in college football. So,
0: so I'm seeing a trend here how a&M, UT. Places that you don't win in Texas. I'm seeing a trend here. You you don't go on the road and win in Texas. Texas teams defend home
1: turf. Unless, of course, your name is Rice. Then you lose. Because Rice sucks.
0: Go Al's. So them. for AM, they played in Caulfield against Clemson. Should have won. Should have won Clemson. So you would argue of how that game went against. Clemson, how they play against Alabama, how they just won against Arkansas after Kelamon didn't even throw a touchdown. Kentucky's I, win streak is going to end.
1: If Mond gets on his bus and if Mond really starts playing, this is it for the Wildcats. I think this is a Texas A&M win. I'm willing to, I'm willing to, to bet on that.
0: Moving into the SEC still, number five LSU going into Swamp. Number 22, Rain, Florida.
1: Uh, the Swamp means nothing. Honestly, this it it used to mean something back when Tebow was down there, back when they were actually winning national championships and stuff. It truly does not matter. So frankly, I I think this is LSU's game. I'm I you know, it's 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 LSU's game. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, sticking in the SEC, I, I think uh. You know, actually, you know, let's, let's, let's move around a little bit more. Uh, yeah, in the SEC, Bama playing Arkansas. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be a surprise at all. Bama's going to kill. It's going to be a no contest. Uh, but let's move to the Big Ten, where Northwestern is playing Michigan
0: State. This is a big robbery because last week, Northwestern played Michigan in Ryan Field. And if I'm not mistaken, Northwestern lost
1: to Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. They did 20 to 17. But it, you know, once again, close game, Michigan had to rally to get the win.
0: And now you're going into East Lansing, a team that somewhere to Texas, Michigan State is a team that you don't beat often in East Lansing.
1: Yeah, the, the Spartans are always one of those teams that just is always strong at home. I think that'll s I think that'll stay true. And I have bad news for you, Cole. I think I think that Northwestern's gonna get destroyed.
0: I think I'm gonna ride the dark horse. I think Northwestern sticking to my home roots. I think Northwestern's gonna win this football game against East Lansing.
1: Ooh, that's a that's a that's a big stretch, if you think it'll work out. Um we still have interestingly enough, we still have a couple of undefeated teams going in uh, in the United States here in in college football. Um let's let's just look at our undefeateds. Um because there's some interesting names who uh really could uh you know make some noise, right? So I'm going to I'm going to check out who's undefeated right now. We have Bama. We have Georgia. Ohio State, Clemson. We have LSU, Notre Dame, OU, West Virginia, UCF. So the, the Knights are still undefeated. They're still going with it. Kentucky who we've already touched down. I I I think they're they're probably going to wind up losing to AM. Um Colorado is still undefeated which is crazy. Um, NC State, Cincinnati, and South Florida. I believe, sure, I, surely that that list is not counting uh, the University of North Texas. I believe I believe UNT is still undefeated, albeit they play in a subpar conference. so it really doesn't mean too much to be undefeated in the CUSA. No, they're four and one. They lost. Come on, UNT. What you doing? They lost to Louisiana Tech 29 to 27 because Tech blocked a field goal. Wow. Come on, Mean Green. Really? You were doing so well.
0: So Mean Green do not want Alabama anymore?
1: Mean Green no longer want Alabama. The Mean Green barely want UTEP.
0: Alright, so. A Florida robbery here. We have Florida State going against the U.
1: Yep, in, in Hard, Rock. Hard Rock. Yeah, they got a special a special venue for that one. That's gonna be fun to watch, right? I think once again, Florida's Florida's trying to get back into their groove. I still think that Miami is probably gonna win this football game, but you know, it's always you know it's it's always nice to see these two teams play. It's always crazy when they play. Right, so uh, I mean, don't don't count out the don't count out the Seminoles just yet, but I think the U probably has it. It might just be a little bit closer than we all expect.
0: I think Florida State's gonna personally win this football game and pull off the ups against the U. Really, I I Oof. cannot for the life of me trust the U. I I can't. After <clears throat> after Miami lost to hit and then their undefeated season, they were on a huge losing streak and they were not in the top twenty five for a bit. Again, getting the momentum back against like North Carolina, I, I, I can't trust the U. Every time I pick the U to win, they've lost. So
1: it does seem like the, like like Miami is one of those unpredictable teams that you can never truly bet on confidently. But I I'm relatively confident here. I think this this is probably Miami's football game. I want to I want to look at before we before we kind of move on, and I think I think we'll probably wind up moving on to the Tigers. Um, I want to move I want to take a look at Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bearcats, who play in the American Athletic, um, which no one gives a crap about, right? But currently in the American Athletic East, in the American East, there are three undefeated teams. There's Cincinnati, who are five and zero, South Florida. And UCF. This is going to be one of the craziest turn of events in football. Look out for this American East, right? Frankly, look out for the American Conference. The American Athletic Conference is underrated. They have good teams at the top, mediocre teams in the middle, and at the bottom is pretty crap, right? But you've got teams like U of H. You've got SMU, Navy, is always good, UCF, of course, these teams are good. They're not, you know, they're not national championship level, ca- you know, level good, right? They're not going to be going up and beating Bama, but these are teams that can make waves, right? Cincinnati plays Tulane this week. They're going to win that football game. I'm not, I'm, I'm not shy in saying that, right? Then they're going to play Temple. They're going to win that one as well. Temple's two and three. They, frankly, they suck. Then they go on the road to SMU, right? Probably gonna beat SMU. Play Navy at home. You'll maybe beat Navy. Setting up a matchup against USF, right? South Florida could potentially be undefeated at that point. I don't know when they play US, when they play UCF. But then after you play USF, since he plays UCF, right? Which in theory could be two undefeated teams clashing at that point in the season. Because frankly, if you look at UCF's schedule, right? The people they play for the rest of the season, they don't play anyone else. That is of true note. The rest of their schedule is against American athletic teams, right? So, we could in theory see another undefeated UCF team. I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to bet that we could see another undefeated UCF team. Basically, I say that because they don't schedule anyone big in their in their non-con, right? Their non-con schedule consists of South Carolina State, who suck. They were going to play North Carolina. That got canceled due to Hurricane Florence. FAU, who suck, and Pitt, who also suck, right? So they have a terrible non-con. And their conference, right— their conference aside from Sensi USF and you know Houston aren't the best right they're winnable especially if you're the number 12 team in the nation we could potentially see another undefeated UCF se- UCF season
0: and a UCF the black knights want another undefeated season too um Try to uh, make a case for themselves being back-to-back national champions.
1: <laughs> I, I think they they they've got a lobby for it at this point, right? You know they 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 were undefeated last year. They beat Auburn. Um, they've they've got you know they're they're stringing together wins. Watch out for UCF.
0: So one more game I want to talk about before we talk about Mizzou going up in South Carolina, Notre Dame, number six in the nation. Going up against number twenty-four range, Virginia Tech, this is a big game for Notre Dame because they have they went from sixteen percent odds to now forty-seven percent odds to make the college football playoff.
1: They are they're making a case for themselves, which is always, in my opinion, stupid, because like you know, how can you how can you make a case? I, I feel like, no, honestly, I I think the way Notre Dame is structured right the way being being you know an independent and all that is structured Notre Dame should be scheduling all of the all the tough teams every year they should win them theoretically Notre Dame should be st- structuring this schedule so they play strong teams but still, but still go undefeated every year right that should be what they're doing they're on track right now they beat Michigan um, you know they've beaten everybody. They're undefeated going going so far. They beat Stanford, um, 38-17 in their last game. This is huge for Notre Dame, as you said, but this is also huge for Virginia Tech, right? The Hokies have been so-so, right? Three and one. They lost to Old Dominion after having beaten Florida State, and then they beat number 20 what was then number 22 ranked Duke last week right this is a chance to really for, for the Hokies to really come out and say hey we can we can you know punch blow for blow with the big guys right Notre Dame is a huge school it's a huge chance for Virginia Tech to really assert themselves do I think they will no I think Notre Dame has this game right even if it's in Virginia I think Notre Dame is the better football team and I think they're gonna get the win but Virginia Tech, you know, if they play well, they can at least assert themselves as being a, a, a team of note to say. You know?
0: So now Mizzou going up in South Carolina, this is Mizzou, a big game for both teams.
1: This is huge for Missouri. Because at this point, you know, yeah, you lost to you lost to Georgia, but man, you kept it darn close. I mean, we we were all we were all on the edge of our seats for the entirety of that football game, right? Even in, even when it looked like the Tigers were down and out, they pulled it back and you know looked like they had a chance, right? It was only a fourteen point loss, right? And and had had the calls gone the Tigers' way throughout the match, this this could have been a Tiger win, right? So so we got a, we got a team that probably honestly should have won against. The number two team in the nation. Now you're going up against an unranked South Carolina Gamecock squad, who are two and two on the season. They're trying to really, they're trying to establish themselves. They lost to Kentucky last week. They beat Vanderbilt, but that's to be expected. They got their butts whooped by Georgia, 41-17, right? South Carolina is trying to make a statement. Meanwhile, Missouri trying to get their first conference win of the season. This is in this is in South Carolina, right? Tigers were able to get their road win against Purdue. I think they can get the road win here. I think they can beat South Carolina.
0: Looking at this, Mizzou last week didn't play college football because they had the bye week. Next week is always looming over you. You're playing Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So
1: I don't think you can let that loom over you, honestly. You're going to lose that either way. It's a foregone conclusion. Don't let it bother you, right? Just focus on what you have right now. Go into Alabama next week. Let them absolutely destroy you. It's what's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. Just just let it happen. Make it you know make it a game at least. But you, it's it's going to be just you know it's going to be a a, a a bad one. Focus on this right. Focus on a winnable game, a seriously winnable game that you know this this is something that. I think the students here care about, you know, this is something that the players care about. Um, This is winnable. And I think the Tigers have a chance. If Drew Locke really puts together a game, right? He did not throw a touchdown pass against Georgia, and the Tigers stayed in that football game, right? If he's throwing touchdown passes, if he's getting things together and meshing, Mizzou could win this football game. And frankly, I think they will win this football game.
0: Looking at the stats comparison as far as QB, running back, and wide receiver, Mizzou leads the way in all three of them. You have Drew Locke with 101 to 161 attempts, 1283 yards, 11 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Meanwhile, Jake Benley from South Carolina. A4 for 132, 928 yards, seven touchdowns, six interceptions. So Drew Lockery's the quarterback. And
1: those six interceptions are are frightening if you're a South, Carolina, a South Carolina fan because although the Tigers aren't very good at, you know, getting those t- turnovers, and, yes, the Tigers' secondary is weak, if you give them a chance to prove themselves, if you give them a chance to get their confidence flying, you know, throwing interceptions to them, this this could turn very quickly against South Carolina and the Tigers. You know, if, if they can start, if they can start getting points off of turnovers, that would be huge for this team.
0: Meanwhile, running back, both running backs have fifty five carries so far this year. Roundtree from Mizzou, two ninety three yards and two touchdowns. Very closely, South Carolina is two seventy nine <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. So definitely a very equal matchup there.
1: And when and when Roundtree's not working it, you still got Demaria Crockett and Beatty. Beatty is true. People are sleeping on Beatty. You cannot sleep on Beatty. He's he's been good all season. Tyler Beatty has been a force. Um I believe he's only a freshman, right? So we're gonna have him for a while. It's a he's gonna be a valuable asset to this Missouri Tiger team.
0: And wide receiver you have eighty four Emmanuel Hall, eighteen receptions for four thirty yards, three touchdowns, meanwhile Edwards from South Carolina, 17 receptions, 236 yards, and three touchdowns.
1: And, of course, Emmanuel Hall is the one who's getting the headlines. He's been hurt the past couple... You know, he picked up a little knock against Purdue, um, didn't play too much against Georgia, hasn't been able to really assert himself because of that. Bye week, definitely was something that came at the right time, if your name is Emmanuel Hall, because that's given him a chance to rest up, to heal up, and hopefully he'll be back on his game against South Carolina. If he's not... It's not too big of a worry, frankly, because that receiving core, you got guys like Jalen Knox, or not Jalen, yeah, you got guys like Knox, you got guys like um, uh, Jonathan Johnson, right, who are going to pick up the slack. Jalen Knox has been very solid, 10 receptions, 169 yards with a touchdown touchdown. You've always got Albert O. Albert has been 18 for 200 with three touchdowns. Even if that doesn't work, like Nate Brown, right? Nate Brown, who I believe is a freshman, has uh, 12 catches for 129. No touchdowns yet, but he averages 10, 10 yards a catch, right? Of course, you know, in the back pocket, uh, Cam Scott, who's only had one catch the entire season, but it was that crazy 70-yard reception he had against UT Martin, right? You know, we the, the Tigers have a receiving core that can get it done for them if they need it.
0: Looking at these stats of the whole team, Mizzou 40 points a game average, South Carolina 28 points allowed per game, Mizzou 26.8, South Carolina 23.5, total yards, Mizzou 540, and South Carolina 437 Yards allowed: Mizzou three ninety six and South Carolina three thirty.
1: So definitely, Mizzou allows more yards, but that that's to be expected when you have a secondary that is not very good. The Tigers' secondary needs serious work. Hopefully, that's something that Coach Odom can work on in the off and maybe even recruit for. Um, but you know, if you can, the Tigers do have a great do do a great job of stopping teams on the run. Right, Tigers have only allowed 102, 102 rushing yards all season, and you're playing against teams like Georgia. Right, Georgia, a really good running team. Purdue we had talked about was a good running team, and the Tigers really held them there. Um, you know, so so the Tigers do a great job on run defense. It's just a matter of you know defending the pass and getting your secondary straightened out. Cole, uh, as, we're, as we're running a little short on time here, I want you to give me your predictions for this game.
0: So South Carolina currently has a two-point favorite. I think, looking at the points per game, Drew Locke, once again, after not throwing for one touchdown pass against Georgia, I think Mizzou going to win this football game. I think Mizzou needs to win the football games that you should be beating. Like, for example, you're not going to beat Georgia. You're not going to beat Bama. Kentucky is up in the air. We never know. But I think Mizzou is going to win this football game. My score prediction is 40 to 25.
1: I'm going around the same, same odds. I'm going 38 to 28. But that'll, that'll be just about as much time as we have, so uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we're, we're on every Tuesday at this time, uh, you know, 8 to 9, so make sure to tune in next week for more KNC Sports. Thanks for tuning in this week. Have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday and a wonderful rest of your weekend. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. Stay tuned for more great content, and have a great rest of your day.
0: KCOU 88.1... Yeah,